Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to our guests tonight. Um, Anyway, before I I really get into the message, uh, I wanted to remind us of a few things. Uh, All the water that's been over in the gym for the last few months, uh, they will be handing out the water every morning for the next week. Uh, And if you want to participate in that, and I urge everyone to at least pick a day uh, or more if if you have the the time and the opportunity to to go out and uh, pass out cold water to the people who are visiting our city for frontier days for the next week uh, the southern baptists have amassed a mass quantity of water <laughs> in the gym and they will be meeting at the parking structure downtown about 6.30 in the morning if you want to help unload and sort of put stickers on the water bottles with, with a, a gospel message and uh, sort of get it set. And you can be there about 8 o'clock downtown if, if you want to just help pass out water. So it's, it's a great ministry and it's, it's scriptural. Uh, <clears throat> you remember what Jesus said, if... You give someone a cup of cold water in his name, you, you won't lose your reward. So there you go. It's, it's a good outreach opportunity. Yeah, the times, 6.30 in the morning at the parking structure downtown. Yeah, yeah, the one where the bus uh, transfer is and everything. Yeah, between 16th and 17th. And then if you just want to help distribute, you could be out there at 8 in the morning. Every day this week. Yep, through next Saturday. It's all downtown. So it'll be for the parades, um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and it'll be for the pancake breakfasts Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Also, uh, we're putting together a mission trip to bless the Native Americans in Kyle, South Dakota, on the Pine Ridge Reservation. That's uh, the 13th through the 15th of August. And then uh, Mark Crawford is going to be back with us August 1st and 2nd. And I think we will be doing a prophetic teaching and activation with him on... Saturday the 1st, probably here, uh, and that'll, I think it will run from 10 to 2, and then he'll be with us for the Saturday night service also, and then we're, we're working on something like a joint service for that Sunday, so we'll keep you posted on that, we have a couple of weeks. The Lord is 
teaching us some things lately. Most of us think we, we know what the church is supposed to be like because we've, we've been in it all our lives. Unfortunately, that probably hasn't taught most of us how it's supposed to be. And uh, he's uh, leading us, I think, in, into a little different expression than, than what we've been used to. And it, it may be a little uncomfortable for us, but uh, I believe it's a response to what the Lord is doing in, in our day. And we, we've been praying for a long time that we would be like the sons of Issachar, that we would understand the times that we're in and, and we would know what to do. And I don't know about you, but it feels like these times are not like any other times that I've lived through. In, in my life. Uh, um, last week I, I mentioned something about really the desperate need to get our, our lives, our, our values, our praying uh, onto heavenly ground. And, and I'm not sure that everyone really understood what I meant by heavenly ground. So I, I want to elaborate on that just a little bit. <clears throat> but I, I also want to put that in, in context. Because in, in Hebrews chapter 12, Paul, and there's a little bit of disagreement, I guess, whether... Paul wrote Hebrews or not, so just bear with me. I'm going to say Paul wrote Hebrews because it just fits to, to me anyway. But Paul wrote in Hebrews that a shaking was coming and that everything that could shake would shake and that those things that could shake, they, they would be removed. And we're going to look at that passage in, in just a little bit. So that the things that cannot be shaken would remain. And that is exactly what I'm talking about when I speak of heavenly ground. Getting our, our living, our values, our, our priorities, our praying on heavenly ground. That that our, our living, our values, our priorities are, are flowing out of who we are in Christ. So that they're consistent with the values, the priorities of heaven. Because when, when the shaking comes, and I, I really believe the shaking has begun, it's, it's not like we're waiting for it to happen. It's, 
We're, we're in the pre-tremors of, of the shaking right now. And you, you can feel it. I mean, there's, there's an instability in virtually everything that we look at in our culture, and it's not just our country. It's, it's the world. Uh, what's what's going to happen with Greece? Uh, we don't know. Uh, and what's going to happen with the euro because of that? What's and what's going to happen with the whole European Confederation because because of that? We we don't know. Uh, what what happens if the U.S. loses its reserve currency status? Well, what happens when the U.S. loses its reserve currency status and Who's waiting in the wings with, to replace it? Russia, China, uh, their confederation? Uh, there's, there's just, uh, I mean, we, we have more people not in the labor force in the U.S. than ever in our history. Those are people who are not working and they're not looking for work. The, the economy is, is really bad. Uh, it's it's as bad as it's ever been in my lifetime, and and we we haven't even seen the the real shaking hit the economy yet. So a, a shaking is coming, and and what what is going to happen in the shaking is that any part of our life, any values, priorities. Any, any part of our living that, that is rooted in, in the flesh, it, it is going to be shaken and it is going to be removed. That's what Paul is saying in Hebrews. So <clears throat> we, we are in, in this window of time in the early part of the shaking, where we can seek the Lord and, and we can make choices, we, we can choose to bring our, our life, our, our values, our, our relationships, our, our prayers in, into alignment with heaven before those things are, are shaken and removed. And the, the thing is, if, if we do this now, we will receive reward for it. If, if there are economic structures in our lives and our families that are rooted in, in something other than obedience to Christ and, and, and seeking the kingdom of heaven, we, we can choose to lay those down now and, and get a reward. Or we can wait and, until they're shaken and, and they're, just, they're still removed, uh, but there will be no reward for that because it, it, they will be taken. Uh, so... You know, this, this, this is a, a critical time for, for us to, to seek alignment with heaven, to get on heavenly ground with, with every aspect 
of, of our lives. It, it really is. Because, uh, and, and let, let me just go to Matthew chapter 7 before we get into Hebrews and look at the main passage. So Matthew 7, Jesus was talking about this very thing, and I believe at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, in, as he's concluding in, in Matthew 7, he, he is speaking to the day in, in which we live. And, and he, this, this is part of his conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. Everyone then, uh, starting in verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was built on heavenly ground. It's not what Jesus said, but it's really what he said. Because it was built upon the rock. The rock is heavenly ground. Because that's exactly what Jesus is saying. If, if you hear what I've just been saying to you in the most amazing message ever given on earth, and, and you do what I said, then, then your life is built on heavenly ground. And when the shaking comes, it's not going to shake. Uh, but then he goes on, because there were many who heard his words and, and were not going to do what he said. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Because it, it had not been built on heavenly ground. It, it was just built on man's ideas. What, what man wanted to do. What human reasoning and, and thinking could come up with. And we're... We're, we're in a day where that's just not going to work much longer. It, it may appear to work for a little bit longer, but I, I don't think it's going to work very much longer. So, this, this is, is so important. And, and see, this, <clears throat> this is where the Lord is, is beginning to, to speak to me, and I, I know I'm not alone because he's, he's speaking to others in our fellowship about this as well, that, you know, we, we have sought to be loving and accepting to anybody who comes in, and, and that's good. Okay? That, that's good. However, as, as with most truths in, in Scripture and in the kingdom of heaven, there, there is a balance to that, okay? Uh, and and I, I think we, uh, along with 
much of the American church, and, and I repented of this last week. Um, may have to do it again. We'll, we'll see. Uh, <clears throat> that in, in the church, if, if we want to be a biblical church and we truly look at the New Testament witness of the church, uh, Paul tells us that, that we're to judge within the church in, in 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, we, we are here to help one another get somewhere. And, and that somewhere is getting every bit of our lives on heavenly ground and, and moving into fullness in Christ. And in, in our loving and accepting of everyone who comes in the door, we, we have not found a proper place of balance to also judge within the church what is heavenly ground and, and what isn't in our gatherings and, and in our, our living. And the Lord is, is saying it, it's time for that to stop. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I can't tell you I really know what that looks like. I, I can't tell you I've, I've really seen it. Uh, but I, I think what we need to do is we need to say, yes, Lord, get us there. Because <clears throat> as, as the persecution rises in, in America within the church we're we're going to need to know that I've got your back and, and you got my back and and that we are headed for the same goal and 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 that goal is not what I want it's probably not what you want but it's it's what he wants. And he's the only one who can get us there. So he's, he's calling us in, into a much higher level of dependence upon him. He's, he's calling us to a, a higher level of accountability uh, to one another. And, you know, I, I try to be as, as transparent as, as I can be, be before you. Uh, I don't have 100% of my life on heavenly ground yet, just so you know, okay? But I'm asking the Lord to get me there. And... There, there are some things that he's shining his light on, and 
and I'm responding to those things. And I'm sure they're not the only things, but that's what we need to do now. Uh, because, well, <clears throat> we, we need to get in, into the Scripture. And after the message last week, when I talked about the state of the church in America and some of the statistics from uh, Barna and Barton's book that I, I quoted, I, I am rethinking some of my assumptions. Okay, uh, my uh, my assumed level of of biblical literacy for all of us uh, it, it maybe went from here to about here, uh, and and that, I'm not saying anything against any of you, but if if that is the state of of American Christianity, where where only 10% of those who identify as Christian have even read through the Bible one time. God help us. Uh, it's, I mean, it's no wonder that we see what we see. And, and I just, I, I feel compelled to say some things about the Bible and what we believe about the Bible, uh, because this this no longer can be assumed. I, I I've got to say some things that that I used to just assume, uh, <clears throat> because it's kind of been assumed all my life, and I, I guess that probably is part of the problem, right? So, so we believe that the Scripture, the whole Bible. Is, is the inspired, infallible word of God. That it is powerful. It, it cuts to separate soul and spirit. And man, that, that is what I'm talking about right now. Is about getting on heavenly ground. That's, that is the separation of soul and spirit and the separation of, of flesh and, and spirit. We, we need that. We, we need to be washed with the water of the Word. And, and we need to know what, what this Bible says because we use it to test all prophecy. We, we used, use it to test words that, that are given. We, we use it to test what we think the Lord is saying to us. We, we've got to do that. And if, I mean, now more than ever, we, we, we've got to have this in us. <laughs> we, we've got to know it. But we, more, we've we got to know the one who was behind it. We, we need to know the living word. Because he is the life. And, you know, we, we have kind of prided ourselves, uh, I, I don't think wrongly entirely, okay, <laughs> as, as being a church that is not just Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but yet we can't diminish 
the importance of knowing the scriptures either. So hear, hear me on, on that. So, uh, Hebrews 12. Now, the passage that I was alluding to earlier is at the very end of chapter 12. Starting in verse 25. See then that you do not refuse him who is speaking, which is the Lord. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. And he's, he's drawing a parallel with the children of Israel. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, the things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. <clears throat> so, Paul is, is speaking of Mount Sinai when... The Lord came down on the mountain and, and delivered the law to Moses. And his voice, the voice of, of the Lord, shook the mountain. And, and the people were afraid. The, the Lord wanted such a relationship with his people, even... Israel back then he wanted to be able to speak to them and and they would hear and they would obey but when that happened and the warning was given that they could not even touch the base of the mountain or or they would die they they said to Moses this is too much for us let God just speak to you and then you tell us what he said because we, we can't handle this. And, and that was sad, but, but it was true. But we know they disobeyed. So now we have a voice coming from heaven to us. And we know that there is another shaking that's coming but this shaking is not going to be in one place for one people. We know this shaking is, is going to be everywhere and for everyone. That, that's what's coming. 
So, <clears throat> and and Paul didn't know when this was going to happen. He, I mean, he he probably thought it was going to happen in his lifetime, because most of the first century church they thought Jesus was was coming back soon, and that that didn't mean two thousand years <laughs> from from now or from then. So. <clears throat> I think it's important for us to put that last part of the chapter in in the proper context. And the proper context is, is the, the first part of the chapter. So Hebrews 11 is, is the great uh, roll call of faith where... Many of those who, who displayed great faith, even though some of them made serious errors, they're, they're still mentioned there. And it's right after that chapter, speaking of the importance of faith, that chapter 12 comes in. And I mean, remember, when the letter was written, it, it wasn't written with chapter designations and, and verses. It was just a, a letter. So I want to look at Hebrews chapter 12, not just the last paragraph. So bear with me. And again, this is another uh, adjustment in, in my approach <clears throat> that I... I plan to use more scripture in my teaching uh, so that it, it gets out there. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not assuming as much anymore. So, the beginning of Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So it, it is encouraging sometimes. To, to think about the cloud of witnesses who are already there, already with the Lord. And, you know, I, sometimes I wonder if they can look down and, and see things here, and sometimes they're saying, oh no, don't do that. And I wonder if they can pray. Because that would be really cool if, if they could. So that the friends that we've known and, you know, family that, that's up with the Lord, I, I wonder if they can pray for us. Uh, and I, I just don't know. But I, I think if they can see us, it would make a lot of sense that they would be able to pray for us. Because they, if they saw us in the midst of something, and they, they would not want us to make the same mistakes that they made knowing what they now know, which is much more than we know. 
So anyway, that it's encouraging to think about that sometimes because there is a great cloud of witnesses. But we need to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and we need to run with endurance and focus the race that is set before us. So this, this is the beginning of the context for what's at the end of the chapter. And we, we got to do this right. We, we, we got to have our focus and, and it needs to be heavenward. Because this, this is the race and, and the reward that we're fighting for, that we're running for, is not here. It is up there. And so, <clears throat> when things get difficult, we need to keep thinking up there. And, and the Lord just uh, spoke this to me, and I might have shared this last week, how important it's going to be for us in, in the times ahead not to keep our not to put our focus on the lord's means but on the end that he's seeking because the end that he is seeking with the shaking is is for us to get everything on heavenly ground for us to be aligned with him for people who have strayed to come back to him, and for many who don't even know him to turn to him in, in the midst of the shaking. That, that's the end that he has in mind. And so, <clears throat> when things are shaking, we, we need to keep that in mind. That it's, it's not about the shaking, it's about what the shaking is to produce. Okay, so let's go on to verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Before I get to that part. That's another thing to keep in mind is what Jesus went through for us. And really, realistically, it's, it's impossible for us to go through anything more difficult than what he went through. I mean, Christians are dying already in 30-some nations on, on the earth uh, regularly, uh, practically daily, and certainly daily in some of those nations. And it may very well happen here. Uh, so we need to keep in mind what Jesus went through. 
Now, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, just remembered I actually had a PowerPoint <laughs> tonight. <laughs> you want to bring that back to Randy? So if you didn't bring a Bible, but I I want you to get in the habit of bringing a Bible, if you didn't, it now will be up on the screen. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And here is a problem that, that we have in, in the church. And, and I've, I've observed this. Not so much in just the last few years, but in in my life I've observed it quite a bit. Christians can disregard the discipline of the Lord. And, And this... This is a very serious matter because if we disregard the discipline of the Lord long enough, what does he do? He stops disciplining us. And when, when I first started to listen to Mike Bickle, he would pray this prayer as, as he was teaching. And I, I don't know how many times I've heard him pray this prayer. But he would ask the Lord to, to bring discipline upon him and to even surprise him with things in, in his life that, that were not aligned with heaven. Because he, he wanted to be surprised now rather than surprised later. Uh, 
that is about the highest level of wisdom that I, I've ever seen uh, a human being operate in. Because that's, that's a prayer that I think the whole church in America needs to pray. Because so many of us, and, and I've been there. I, I mean, I, I've been to the place where the Lord stopped disciplining me and just just let me go off on on my own. And that was a bad time in my life. It was a very long time ago, and I'm very glad. Uh, but I, I don't ever want to get to that place again. I I want to be at the place where the Lord just has to whisper correction and I move. Because I I want to be right in my heart with his heart. And and so I encourage all of us to to pray that prayer. Because we 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 need we in 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 this time that we're in uh where where the the serious shaking is probably not too far into the future and I don't know if it's weeks or months or you know probably not more than many months anyway uh we we need the lord's help to get as far as we can in the meantime because this this is a season of of grace it's a season of invitation from the Lord, and and he's he's waiting to be asked for for a lot of things. So I, I encourage us to be wise and seek the Father's discipline. You, you see the one with the Father. Uh, spanking. You know, it It was harder than it should have been to find such a picture. Because our, our culture's bought in, into so many lies. Yeah, there we go. What What does love look like? That. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what our culture would say, is it? They'd say, you better call DFS if you see that. I'm not kidding. I mean, parents have lost their kids. Not in Wyoming that I know of, but in other places. And and this this is another case where 
You know, are, are, are we going to believe the facts as our culture presents them? Or are we going to believe the truth of Scripture? Because the, the truth as our culture presents it related to discipline, banking in, in particular, as, I mean, we're, look at the results. When, when did Dr. Spock's book come out? It was in the 60s. And shortly thereafter, spanking became really frowned upon and looked down upon. And uh, do we have a more disciplined uh, younger generation? Uh, we, we don't even have to answer that question. But Scripture says that the Lord disciplines those He loves. Right? And those He considers sons, He disciplines. So we, we want to seek the discipline of the Lord. And... <clears throat> We're going to have to do some of this in the church. You know? Because we, we can't let things happen in, in our gatherings anymore that are not on heavenly ground. We, we can't just let our brothers and sisters go as 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 we have uh, i mean i i've kind of had the idea well you know if people just want to go off then they they can just go off and god will deal with them well that's that's not a real scriptural view of the church we our, our love has to be deeper than kindness and acceptance. And, and the Lord's going to have to get us there. But acceptance is, is a really low level of love, and as is kindness. Speaking the truth in love is, is a higher level. Loving enough to confront is yet a higher level of love. So we, we can no longer avoid conflict. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm putting all this on me, okay? But it's on you too. Because this isn't just for me. If, if we're going to be the body for each other, which is what it means to be the church, then we have some responsibilities to each other as the church. Yes. 
I, I hate it when people forget to turn their phones off. <laughs> you say, I, yes, I tried, Lord. Mm-hmm. And 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 now hear the Lord whether or not to do it again, because he he may have you do it two or three times. He he may just have you do it once. But you need his wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people will respond a second or third time. Sometimes they're not going to, no matter how many times. And the Lord will know. Well, I, I want to try to get through Hebrews chapter 12. So, <clears throat> let's pick up again. So... <clears throat> Verse 11, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Again, uh, if putting this in the context of bringing our lives into alignment with heaven, if once again, I'm, I'm going to repeat this because I think it's important enough to repeat. If, if we ask the Lord for discipline and he brings something to us that, that should change, and, and we do it, we've, we've responded positively to his discipline. It, it maybe had a little bit of pain associated with denying the flesh, but it it brings us the blessing of obedience. And part of the blessing of obedience is, is going to be more discipline. Because <laughs> he, he wants to get us to fullness. He, he wants to get us into full alignment with, with him. But when, like I'm saying, when, when the shaking is severely underway, uh, a lot of things just aren't going to be there anymore. And, and we'll have to give them up. So, it, to me, it, it makes a whole lot of sense to give things up now, voluntarily, with the blessing of obedience, than, than to wait until it's just gone. Right? Right? especially when it may not be that far in the future. Okay. So therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. 
that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Now there's some important truths right there. Some of this has to do with relationships, and particularly relationships in the church. Make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. That's, that's like a picture of a relationship in the church that's, it's, it's out of joint and it's lame because there's, there's something that's out of place. And, and we need to seek for those relationships to be healed. And we also, the, the way the Christian life is supposed to work is someone does something wrong to a follower of Jesus and that is the end of it. It stops right there. The person who was wronged, they don't share it with anybody else. They forgive the person who did the wrong. There may be a, a joint that's a little out of place. So the one who was wronged prays and seeks for that to be healed. And there's, there's grace for the one who was wronged. Now if we we want to operate in self-pity, then we tell other people, do you know what so-and-so did to me? And then they they pick up that offense. And, and now instead of one relationship, out of kilter. Now if they talk to five people, now you got at least six relationships that are out of kilter. And, and you've got exactly what Paul is saying should not be happening. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God to forgive others when they are wronged so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So, we're, we're supposed to be like shock absorbers. <laughs> you know, we get hit with a hammer and, and we just absorb it. We don't throw the hammer back <laughs> at wherever it came from, and, and we don't show everybody the hammer that hit us so that everybody else now hates the hammer. 
This, this is part of getting on heavenly ground. Because relationships are a huge part of all of our lives and God intended for it to be that way. But we've got to keep them aligned with heaven. We've got to get the relationships that are not on heavenly ground healed so that they can be on heavenly ground. Verse 18. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. That's the children of Israel that I was talking about earlier. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in feastal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Now there's a lot there, but I want us to get one thing that's alluded to but not really spoken here. We've got to go back to the Old Testament to really pick it out. You remember when the children of Israel spent, sent spies into the promised land. And when they came back, there were two different reports. Two guys said, this is a great land. It's got everything that we need. Let's, let's go take it, because God says we can do it. Ten had a different report. What did they say about those, those people and about themselves? They said, We're, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And they obviously didn't know that for sure because I really doubt whether they asked any of them, what, what do we look like to you? <laughs> because they were too afraid to get anywhere near those giants. But, but here is the thing. There, there was an invitation. How long was it open? You remember. You remember? One day. Because that day, the children of Israel listened to the ten. 
And they said, we're not going there. We know what God said, but we also know what the ten said. And they slept on it, and then what happened? They repented. And they said, no, Lord, we'll go. We'll go. The, the opening had expired. And the Lord had pronounced his judgment. This generation will perish in the wilderness. All but two. We're we're in a similar season. And and I'm not trying to play emotions here. But but there is an invitation from the Lord to to draw near. There there is an invitation from the Lord to to get things right. To to bring our lives on on much more heavenly ground than they are now on. And we need to respond because we we may think that it will be much easier to make certain changes, make certain decisions change certain commitments in in the midst of a great shaking. But I'm telling you, it's not going to be that way. It's, It's going to be much easier now than it will be then. Because for, for the people of God, there, there is an invitation right now. It's, it's an open invitation right now. Come to me, my people. Come away with me. Uh, it's, it's exactly uh, part of, of what's in, in chapter 12, uh, where, where he talks about you know, make make low the mountains, build up the valleys, make a, a straight path. Get get that pathway to the Lord well worn. Because one of one of the greatest problems that the people of God will will encounter as as the world shakes is to be offended at God for what he is allowing to happen. And we we want to be so connected to him, so uh, in the habit 
of coming to him that we just find naturally that place of shelter in him no matter what this looks like. Because if, if we don't really know the way by heart now, it's going to be hard to find our way there then. So, The, the love of God. He's, he's committed to us. He, he will finish the work that he began. But the, the crazy thing is, is is we, we all have a part in each other's progress in, in this thing. I wouldn't have designed it that way. <laughs> but somebody way smarter than me designed it. And that's the way he designed it. Because I, I, I really... Uh, <clears throat> My heart aches for those who believe in Jesus and, and have been out of the church for a really long time. Because it's, it's going to be really hard for them to find their way back to God in, in this. So pray for people you know who, who are in that place and and ask the Lord uh, to speak to them and even to speak to them through you the people that you know okay And, and the way <clears throat> the way unity comes, and I think the way connection comes, is, is we're all plugged in to Jesus. We, we can't figure it out the other way. <laughs> it's it's got to be him. I, I think the Lord wants me to share a dream that I had about 45 years ago. Uh, this was during the Jesus People movement, and and I was I was a kid, 
but I was involved in, in this uh, small group that where the power of the Holy Spirit was at work. And there was, there was a large group of young people and, and some older people who were um, really getting touched by the Lord. And <clears throat> some things happened, and it, it eventually, uh, the place where we met, the people moved, and I, I mean, I, I was little, I, we just didn't go there anymore. <laughs> but I, I had this dream, and it was, it was so real, but it was so shocking, and I just, I didn't know what to do with it. And it was, uh, the hand of the Lord was, was coming over the part of the city where, where we all lived. And my, my understanding of it was, it was, it was the rapture. Uh, and people were being They're being taken up to be with the Lord. And <clears throat> there was hardly anybody in the hand out of all the people that I knew at that time. And now, um, I, I see the reality of it. Because so many of, of those people, I, there, there are a lot of them that I don't know, but almost every one that I know who, who was a part of that, is not following God. So, I'm not sure why the Lord wanted me to share that. I, don't, I haven't shared that for probably 30 years with anybody. But, We've, uh, we've got to look out for each other. I think that's the message. We've got to help each other make it. So, Lord, uh, we know you want things to look differently. And uh, I say yes. Will you say yes with me? Or do, do what you want to do. Lord, uh, 
You're, you're the one we want to please. You're the one who matters. And I ask that, that you would draw us into the secret place. That that route would be well worn for all of us. I, I pray you'd show us how to how to love one another. How to look after one another in, in a deeper way than, than what we know or, or what we've seen. So Lord, when your, your hand comes over Cheyenne, we want it to be full. So, Lord, help us to respond to your invitation to be with you. I ask, Lord, that you'd bring your hand of discipline to us to bring our lives onto the solid rock, onto heavenly ground. Lord, thanks for loving us so much.